All right. Hey, before we jump in real quick, you guys should have sat on this little business card that says made for more. And that is our fall series that we kick off this September 8th. So next Sunday is Labor Day weekend. We have a standalone message. And then the following week, which is September 8th, we are doing Made for More. So that's your invite card. We like to say around here, each one, reach one. So repeat after me, each one, reach one. All right, let's try that again. Some of us are a little off, but that's all right. Let's try that again. Each one. Each one. Reach, one. Reach one. There you go. One person. You can, we can change the world one person at a time. One person. That's all it takes. So that's your invite card. Who are you inviting? Pray over that. And remember, that's in two weeks from now, okay? That's in two weeks. So uh, September 8th. So you have about, a, this is why we give you two weeks out. If you're new here, we always give this out during our teaching series. This is why we give you two weeks before it starts. Because some of you like, I don't know who. Others of you are like, oh, yeah, I need more, man. I know. There's, I'm, all my friends are sinners, and they all need to come or whatever. Um, some of us, we just need a little more time. We need to pray. God, who is it? So that's why we give you two weeks out always on these cards. Two weeks out, that's coming your way. And if you need more, they're scattered. But what we've done is back in Easter, if you guys remember all the way back to Easter, we kind of um, had you ask questions. And we were going to do like a You Asked For It series in the fall. And we still are, but what happened was you guys asked questions and two major, I mean, major themes were developed in those questions. So I decided to take those questions and do two teaching series based on your two major themes. So September's all about purpose. That's why, listen, you were made for more. This is a preview. This is just a pastor with a mic right now is... We've, there's too many Christians that settled for less. There's so much more that God's created you for. And it's all about purpose. And, and if you've got friends or family members that struggle with that too, that's, invite them. Invite them. Get them here. And then in, in uh, October, we're doing Mind Monsters. We're going to talk about depression and worry and, and, and the, the mind games. I mean, Joyce Meyer wrote the book, Battlefield of the Mind. She nailed it on the head. The enemy wants to get inside of here and mess with you. And so all of our October October series is mind monsters. It's going to be fun, and, you know, we're playing with that that holiday there with monster. Get it? Yeah, you guys are smart. So it's just going to be fun, all right? It's going to be fun. So invite someone. Invite someone. Invite someone. Well, I got good news. The good news of our three-week Hope in the Dark series is we're wrapping up. But here's... The real good news, we're not in chapter one anymore. We're not in chapter two either. We're finally in chapter three. There's only three, bo- three chapters in the book that we've been looking at in the Older Testament by the name Habakkuk. Let me hear you say Habakkuk. It's just a fun word and, and name. And Habakkuk is a prophet. What Habakkuk does is normally prophets speak to the people on behalf of God, but Habakkuk's a little different. He's got raw emotions. He doesn't like what he's seen. So he's just being real with God and he's having a conversation with God. In chapter one, we're left with Habakkuk in a season of just wandering, asking the questions, why God? What Habakkuk was seeing was not lining up with what he believed in who God was. He thought God was good and he knew it, but all he saw was violence and injustice. And he's going, why God? 
I know you could do something, but you're choosing not to do anything. Why? Why is it not lining up? And then that's the way we end chapter one with questions. And some of us, we go through seasons where we question God. Why? And then chapter two comes. And the biggest key verse in chapter two, though it linger, wait for it. And chapter two is sometimes more difficult with chapter one because chapter two, we gotta wait. And there's a season of waiting while you're asking those questions, why? But chapter three changes the tone. This is the way Habakkuk closes chapter two. And he says this, but the Lord, someone say, but the Lord. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. I love that. It's just in the reminder of your waiting season, you got to realize, but the Lord is still on his throne. Even though I don't like what I'm seeing, even though I don't get it, I don't understand it, God is still good and he still reigns. And then I love this last sentence though. Let all the earth be silent before him. It's almost like the psalmist that writes, be still and know that I'm God. Sometimes you just gotta take, take a time out in life and just say, God, I, I know I've got questions. I know I'm waiting, but I need to slow down and just be still and know you're still good. Put yourself in a time out. Literally, put yourself in a time out. Take time every day. Say, God, I'm still, I wanna know you're still on your throne. And then Habakkuk chapter three, verse one, it changes everything. Here's what chapter th uh, three begins this way. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet on Shiganoth. Let me hear you say Shiganoth. This is what's so exciting about the entire chapter three because many of us would read this and just go to verse two because we don't know what this Shiganoth thing is. That's a weird word. It feels like I'm cussing when I say it, but I'm not. It's just odd. And we just want to go to verse two because we know it's the prayer of Habakkuk. Let's just go on. But there's something so special about this word that we have to understand in order to get what chapter three is all about. So what I'm going to do for just a minute is I'm going to ask for a volunteer. Come on up, Frank. I'm going to say this. I asked for a volunteer. This is not scripted, okay? Someone asked after first service, is that scripted? No. Uh, you have no idea what you're going to do. Okay. No idea. All right. Well, first of all, there's a gift card to Five Lakes because you're volunteering. Now, next time I ask for volunteers, we'll have a lot more coming. That's either to your wife or to you. I don't know which one, but there you go. This is for you. This is on. I like these. Okay. Don't, don't talk yet. <laughs> I know. All right. Shiganoth is a musical term. It's the direction of how something is to be sung. So I'm going to give you an example. We all know Happy Birthday. That song, we all sing it. I'm going to tell you, that is the most God-awful song ever, right? That thing never ends. So one of the things that I do is we do the fast version. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, dear Braden, happy birthday to you, and then we're done. But if you don't do it that way, that thing is drawn out forever. And then here's the thing, none of us sing it with passion, do we? Happy birthday, right? Oh, yeah, thanks for celebrating my birthday. Sounds like you really want to. <laughs> 
Sidetrack. So it's a musical direction of how a song is to be sung. So we're going to take the common song we all know, Happy Birthday, and I'm going to ask, I'm going to give you direction on how to sing that song, okay? <laughs> Remember, I gave you a $5 gift card, okay? Okay, Frank, sing Happy Birthday as a love song. Happy Birthday to you. Perfect, right there. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I think I just got a glimpse into your bedroom at night sometimes, but hey, that's that. Leave it for the hoopa. Okay. <laughs> um, sing happy birthday in the direction of a country song. Yeah. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday. <laughs> that, that's good. That fits you, though. You got that whole thing going on. All right, last one, last one. Complete opposite of country. You were to sing happy birthday hip-hop. I said happy birthday. You, and you, and you. And I said happy birthday to you. Awesome. Hey, give it up for Frank. Hey, thanks, buddy. Wow. So Shiganah, it's that direction. It's, it's how something is to be done. Here's the actual definition of, of Shiganah, and according to the biblical dictionary, is it's musical direction for a congregation to sing a song with wild, passionate singing and rapid changes of rhythm, high-spirited praise, and vigorous enthusiasm. I read that and I sometimes wonder if college football stadiums across America on Saturday have more shiganoff than churches on Sunday morning. See, Habakkuk is sitting there going, why God, why God, why God? Though it linger, I gotta wait for it and I don't like waiting, but guess what I'm gonna do? My prayer is going to be a wild, passionate, singing, high-spirited praise prayer in the midst of what I'm facing. And man, I was praying in here on Wednesday, and I was like, God, I pray that we are louder than the big house on Saturday. I pray we're louder than Spartan Stadium, and I pray we worship you louder than down there in South Bend at Notre Dame Stadium, that we're a church that will praise God with Shiganoff, no matter what we're going through. That we worship him. I love one, one, one um, definition I came across is it was praise punctuated with exclamation marks. And I'm like, oh, that's good. Because I'm a guy who counts exclamation points. Like if you text me or email and I only see one, I'm like, you're like, woo, right? But if I see seven of them, you're like, woo, 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 right? I count them. And it's praise punctuated with exclamation marks, uh, plural, many. What's so important about this is this is why we have to know what Habakkuk is doing in his prayer. God has yet to move on Habakkuk's part. What I understand is sometimes the most passionate praise is praise before the provision. 
It's not, I'm not gonna worship and praise God based on what he's doing in my life or what I'm receiving. I'm worshiping God because of who he is and the goodness and character of who he is. Even though, yes, my life, I'm in a valley, it may be chaotic, I don't understand, but I'm still gonna come in the midst of that and get my focus back on him and say, God, we're shigging up, I'm praising you. And in chapter three, verse two, with this enthusiasm in mind, this is how his prayer begins. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe. Not only do I hear, because I've heard of your fame, I'm in awe of your deeds. Repeat them. Everyone say, repeat them. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. This is one of the things that I absolutely love about this verse right here is the song that we sang. And if you were here last week, we sang it. Do it again. The song goes, I've seen you move. You've moved the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. When there was no way, thank you. (laughs) You've made a way, something like that. And I believe I'll see you do it again. And Habakkuk is like, yeah. Listen, I've heard of what you've done. I stand in awe. And God, I want you to move in power again. Do it again. So if you still feel that you're in the valley, here are two things to do if you're a note taker. Two things. Number one, remember. Turn to your neighbor and say, remember. Turn to your second choice, second favorite, and tell them to remember. You got to tell them too because we all need to remember. This is why last week I said, when you're in the valley in a season of waiting, you need to write down your prayers and your promises and how God's answering because you got something to go back on now and remember how God was moving. You gotta remember. And, and Habakkuk's sitting there going, I remember. Here's, here's, here's verse three, uh, three, here's how it says. God came from Timnah, and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens, and his praise it filled the earth. What, what he's telling is these are two places where God took God, his own people, the Israelites, after 400 years of slavery in Egypt, bondage. It just, God liberated them and split the sea and they walked. And these are two of the first places that God's people went to after being slaves for 400 years. And what Habakkuk's doing is saying, God, I remember that. I'm remembering what you did. The first thing you're doing and you're still waiting in the valley is remember who God did and how he's moved on your behalf before. If you read verses four through 17, it's the exact same thing. He goes and he's like, God, I remember how you delivered them, how you brought them to those two places. I remember how you opened the seas. I remember how that when Joshua, you prayed that the sun would stand still and you made the sun stand still. I remember how you answered those prayers. Do it again in my time. Do it again. I remember. I remember. For my wife and I, I remember when we didn't have much at all when I first got into ministry 10 years ago. I mean, we may have condiments left. That's all we had. And it was on a Wednesday. And I didn't know what we were going to eat the, last, the next two days until payday. And that couple came to our house from our church and gave us $500 right there. So I don't know why we're doing this, but 
We just felt the Lord tell us, here's 500. I remember that. I remember how God moved on my behalf. So the next time I'm sitting there going, where, God, are you? What's happening? I remember the goodness of who God is. I remember. So next time I'm in that valley, I'm in that storm, I'm remembering who God is. Because if not, then all I see is the storm and valley around me. And I'm sitting there going, oh, why me? And I have a, I'm pretty good at a pity. I'm really good at self-pity. And some of us, you're really good at a pity party. Did you know no one else wants to be invited to your pity party? It's a very lonely party. Table of one, here I am. You remember, here's the second thing. Embrace. Embrace. Here's how Habakkuk, get to verse 16, and Habakkuk says this. I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound, decay crept into my bones, and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Remember, he's still waiting. Remember how God had said, hey, I'm going to amaze you. I'm going to answer your prayer. And Habakkuk's like, woo. And God's like, I'm going to send, but I'm sending the Babylonians, your enemies, on you. And he's like, oh, man, seriously? Yeah, I'm still waiting. Though, and you say though, watch this, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the field produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, we have no reason to worship with Shiganah. There's nothing. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. And guess what? I'll be joyful in God my Savior. I will rejoice. Even though the world may look at my circumstances and say, there's no way you should rejoice. What, why, why are you joyful? Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 20. But the Lord is still on his throne. I've got nothing to fear knowing God still reigns. Yes, I may be experiencing hell on earth and that's what it feels like and seems like to the rest of the world, but I will rejoice. It's not this fake denial of what we're going through. That's real. Your headaches in your life are real headaches. When your marriage is falling apart, that's not something to laugh about. That's real pain. When you have a wayward family member that's making the wrong choices and your heart is aching for them, that's real pain. But God, I'm still, I'm still worshiping you. Yes, those things are happening in my life, but you're still good, you're still faithful, you're still my heavenly Father, you are still with me through it all, and I will rejoice, and I choose joy in the midst of it. And what a testimony you can have when the rest of the world looks at you and say, wow, your life is upside down. Your attitude is awesome. 
makes your attitude so good. Because the joy is in my Lord. My joy is not in circumstances. It's in my Creator. We introduced a song a couple weeks ago. And we've sang it just this morning. I'll raise a hallelujah. A little backstory on that song. That song was created by Bethel Worship, by a husband and wife uh, worship pastors. And what was happening at that time is one of their pastors at their church, their kid by the name, I think he was two, by the name of Jackson. Uh, here's a picture. Jackson uh, ended up being hospitalized. He got E. coli. And he had to have blood transfusion. I think he's only, he was only a year and a half at the time. The parents are waiting. Weeks later, after Jackson's still in the hospital, Jackson's sister comes down with the exact same strand of the E. coli virus, or bacteria, whatever that thing is, puts her in the hospital. At the same time, you're looking over Thanksgiving and the Christmas season now. And the pastor days before Christmas gets word from the doctor that says, hey, you may want to start calling family because we don't think Jackson's going to make it. So what he does is he sends a mass text to all the pastors at Bethel. He says, I need the strongest prayer warriors right now because I don't think I'll see my son tonight. And it came across the worship pastor and his wife's phone and says, we got to stop everything right now and start praying for a miracle. So him and his wife got down together and they just started to, to pray out loud. And the Holy Spirit began to birth words into them. And this is the song, I'll raise a hallelujah, came out. And the worship pastor said, what I saw as I was praying was a big cloud of unbelief. There was a giant in front of us. But I'm gonna praise and worship. I'm gonna shake it off louder than that giant. Louder than my unbelief. And even though God may take Jackson tonight, death is still defeated because we'll see him again. Because Jesus is alive. later doctors say we have no idea but Jackson is doing awesome now the parents are like we know why shortly after the new year Jackson and his sister Addie they were out of the Addison Addie they were out of the hospital know that song, I'll Raise a Hallelujah, was birthed thinking in their minds he was going to pass away in a few hours. Shigano, no matter what I see, God, you are still good. You are on your throne, and we will worship louder than my unbelief. 